Najma and Jose were pulled from their emotional and supportive mood and shoved back into stressful hysteria. I have good news and bad news. Jose pouted before snatching the parachute from the floor and throwing it on unhappily. Anti Kenneth gave him an empty stare and Jose sighed, helping the child man into a harness. Najma and Jose screamed as they fell through the open air. But neither of them could be sure of the other, because as far as they could see, they were stuck in the trees alone. Or, at least, Najma was. Forest mist clings to your skin, your footsteps crunch from leaves so thin. Lie down and turn the lights down low, like sitting by the fire's glow. The typewriter clacks loud and steady, on until the tale is ready. We'll find no way to plan ahead. No choice, all chance always misled. So settle close and candles dim, and listen to The Buddy's Grim. The Buddies Grim invite you to read along with us using the text chapter provided on our website. Happy reading. The Mortal Quarry. Chapter 9. Nejma celebrated her safe landing with a few colorful exclamations. Once she'd gotten the cursing out of her system, she inspected herself. She was tangled in her parachute, and her parachute was tangled in the branches of a clearly synthetic tree. Jose, Dr. Saltzman, and Anti Kenneth were nowhere in sight. Great, Nejma growled. Her voice sounded hoarse, most likely from the amount of shouting, singing, and swearing she'd done in the last hour. She scanned the area, but no one was rushing to greet or arrest her. She seemed to have landed in a huge castle courtyard, decked out with rigid artificial greenery and dozens of wires and security cameras. The moon hung overhead, its light bouncing off the plastic leaves to create a stark, almost fluorescent glow. Red, blinking little lights surrounded her like a thousand specter eyes. Nejma squinted through the darkness at the closest red light, which, fittingly, issued from the top of the closest security camera. It swept left to right, but didn't seem to capture her in its field of view. For once, Nejma might have gotten lucky. She sighed, yawned, then began wriggling in her parachute cocoon. Jose, she hissed. Dr. Saltzman! Jose! Jose couldn't hear her. He was too busy making an absolute ruckus in another fake tree at the opposite end of the courtyard. He wiggled and thrashed his legs, which at the moment were tied together by parachute cord and suspending him upside down. This is so lame, he complained in a whisper. Lame, Anti-Kenneth agreed. His hat and mouth gauze had flown away in the fall, though his sunglasses miraculously survived, sitting crooked on his face. No souls. That's enough out of you, said Jose, shoving the specter's hungry face away. Unfortunately, Anti Kenneth hung upside down next to Jose, so that the two resembled a poorly made Newton's cradle. A second later, gravity brought Anti Kenneth swinging into Jose's side. Oof! This is ridiculous, said Dr. Saltzman, as Jose and Anti Kenneth bounced into each other like a pair of dueling yo yo's. I mean, you could always help. Jose pointed out. Dr. Saltzman opened her mouth, then snapped it shut. Her body tensed, and she vanished in a puff of silver mist. There they are, came a voice from below. I got it, Niha, said a second speaker. 
summon. The characteristic trill of wizard magic hit the air. And before Jose could so much as shout, Dag! He and Anti-Kenneth zoomed out of the tree and their parachute bindings and landed in a crumpled heap. Jose peeled his gaze up from the artificial grass. He took in two pairs of feet, two bodies, and finally two faces, both wearing matching irritated expressions. More trespassers, hmm? said the left one. A badge gleamed on her chest, bearing the phrase night guard and the name Najiba. Jose blushed red. Clearly the last name, which carried a heavy innuendo, wasn't one he particularly felt comfortable with. So predictable, these kids, said the person on the right. Her title was the same, and her name not much better. Neha Sackville Bag. Uh, was Jose's only response. He still seemed preoccupied with the night guard's bizarre last names. <sighs> Anti-Kenneth echoed him. He straightened his glasses, then ripped up a fistful of fake grass and shoved it in his mouth. Niha and Najiba exchanged a look. Drugs. Drugs, they decided in unison. Without further ado, they hoisted Jose and Anti-Kenneth to their feet. Niha thumped Anti-Kenneth on the back a few times. He'd started choking on the grass. Before she and Najiba slapped pairs of handcuffs onto the two young men. Wait, wait, we're not on drugs, Jose protested, finally dragging his focus back to the situation. Exactly what someone on drugs would say, Najiba said keenly. Drugs. Anti-Kenneth groaned rather unhelpfully. A confession, said Niha, as we suspected. Jose looked between the three of them in a panic. No, that's not, he's not. Ugh! Come on, kid, take it easy, Najiba said, patting his shoulder. We've got a nice, comfy place for you to sober up. Before you tell us where you kids are getting this stuff from, Niha finished. And why you think it's funny to try and vandalize High Council property. We don't, Jose squeaked. Jeez, kid, were you huffing helium? Said Niha. No, Jose insisted. Then he cleared his throat and said in a noticeably deeper voice, <clears throat> how, how could we be those vandal kids anyway? We've got parachutes. Niha and Najiba exchanged another dark look, like, well, this one's a total burnout. Uh-huh, parachutes, said Najiba, with obvious skepticism. Neither she nor Niha bothered to look up at the synthetic tree, still knotted and mangled with multicolored parachute bits. The two dragged Jose and Anti-Kenneth away from the scene, Jose still shouting, No, wait, just look, parachutes, skydiving! His shouts were so loud, in fact, that they carried across the courtyard. Jose? Nechma looked up, but she couldn't see anything through the darkness besides bleached reflections off the leaves. Dag! Freaking frick! She got a few more choice words off her chest before slumping in the parachute. Well, don't give up now, insisted a nasally voice. Oh my gosh, what? Oh. Nejma sighed as Dr. Saltzman's face materialized between the branches. Quieter, please, Dr. Saltzman advised. Looks like you were lucky. This place is crawling with cameras, but you seem to have fallen just out of sight. Lucky, Nejma grunted. Yep, feeling fantabulous. Good, said Dr. Saltzman, who hadn't noticed the sarcasm. Because Jose and Anti-Kenneth are currently being detained. What? Yes, yes, it's not ideal. Fortunately, the palace guards let slip some information. Lulu's ethereal blue eyes gleamed, the only color visible in the darkness. For one, Jose and Anti-Kenneth will be safe. 
The guards seem to be laboring under the delusion that the two are, <laughs> for lack of a better term, totally blitzed, which means they won't be questioned or bothered until the morning. Nejma yawned again. Maybe they're the lucky ones then. Luis considered this. Perhaps. Anyway, I'll watch over them just in case. Secondly, they confirmed that this castle is High Council property, just like Tunstead's ruling castle. It's the perfect place to store HCP suits. And as you're not being detained, you're free to seek out the suit's locations. At least, if they're real. They better be real, Nejma said darkly. Otherwise, I skydove, performed in a musical number, and talked to Captain Alexander for nothing. She thought a second, then added, And there's a flaw in your plan. Oh, said Dr. Saltzman. Nejma fidgeted in her parachute trap. I'm stuck. Dr. Saltzman actually slapped a hand to her forehead. Are you a necromancer or aren't you? Nejma scowled. Wish I wasn't. Also, if I leave my body here, they'll totally find it. Not until the sun comes out, Dr. Saltzman countered. Under the cover of darkness, the night guards haven't noticed a thing. And ideally, we'll have all the information we need by morning. For a long minute, Nejma mulled this over until she finally relented. Fine, whatever. But if I end up in another morgue, I'm blaming you. Dr. Saltzman smiled. I trust you. You'll do wonderfully. Nejma couldn't hide a small, grudging smile. Thanks. Of course. Now, I should bug out. If you need me, just wail. Nejma blinked. Just do what now? Oh, come on. Dr. Saltzman stared at her, as if trying to spot the joke on her face. Really? That was one of the first necromantic tricks I learned. Oh, Nejma, you've been missing out. Okay, okay, I know, I'm uneducated. Nejma grumbled. Dr. Saltzman smiled understandingly. Well, if you'd like to learn this trick, simply think of me or any necromancer you know. So again, probably just me. Search for the sense of me in the kingdom of Erythiel. Try to recognize me. Then speak to me. Uh, but what's supposed to... You will see. Louise interrupted, another ghostly twinkle in her eye. Then she was gone. Nejma's spirit dropped out of her body, muttering crossly, You'll see. My name's Lulu. I'm so mysterious. She looked up at her corpse, now dangling limply in the tree. A white misty sheen had fallen over the world, the typical verithial glow. Helpfully, it illuminated the dark parts of the scenery, like x-rays or those new infrared devices. Okay, stealth, she said to herself. Chanel's stamp appeared on her glowing shoulder and squeaked a greeting. Nejma scratched between the rat's ears, then took off across the grass. The courtyard led to the castle, an enormous skyscraper even shinier and silverier than Tunstead's best buildings. More security cameras winked at her from the walls. She jogged until she reached a door, which was chrome-colored and fitted with a high-tech lock. Shoot, she muttered. What if... She hesitated, then pressed her fingers against the lock. A few moments of pushing and aggressive concentrating, and her fingers slipped through the metal, much like Dr. Lulu's whole body had done to the plane's dashboard. A sharp pull and the lock's lights dimmed. Nice, Nejma muttered, though she looked a little freaked out by her own power. She swung the door open the tiniest sliver and slid inside. Two long hallways greeted her. Wires lined the ceiling, and electrical boxes dotted the walls. Nejma looked left. She looked right. She took a deep breath. Then she looked at Chanel. Here we go.
The differences between Ferric Mountain, or Demon Wall as the kids called it, and Maranon Mountain began with their specialties. Ferric boasted the Allied Peak's finest medical care, while Maranon flaunted the Peak's most innovative technology. True, as a neighboring mountain, Ferric's capital city, Tunstead, did receive high-end medical tech from Maranon's laboratories. However, there was something intrinsic about growing up on Maranon, a sort of inherent knowledge of the latest, best machines. If Nejma had grown up on Maranon, she might have understood the castle's circuit board layout. She might have understood the technical requirements of an HCP suit, if such a thing did exist, and been able to guess where such a secretive, tech-heavy project might be stored. She even could have figured out what, exactly, the HCP suits protected travelers from in the miasma and reverse-engineered her own product. But Nejma had not grown up on Maranon Mountain, which meant the only thing she accomplished was getting very, very lost. This is hopeless, Chanel! She burst out, dropping to her ghostly knees. Three hours in and all she'd found were hallways, hallways, and more hallways. Where were the rooms? The storage closets? The bathrooms? Chanel didn't squeak. She just sniffed unhappily like, Yeah, hopeless. Give up? We can't, said Nejma miserably. Jose needs us, and Lulu, or Dr. Saltzman, and Kenneth, and all of Demon Wall. She ran her hands through the glowy, undead version of her choppy black hair, but the action didn't calm her stress like it did in the corporeal world. Then she sighed deeply and closed her eyes. Lulu? Lulu? She opened them again, but nothing had changed. Ugh, she said. Wail. Okay. She hesitated, then made a weak crying noise. <laughs> Chanel squeaked at that one, like, Dude, you sound pathetic. Fine, fine. Still on her knees, Nejba centered herself. Search for Saltzman. Search for Saltzman. She closed her eyes again, slipping into a calmer state. After a few minutes, a shiver ran through her shoulders. Her eyes snapped open, and her pupils glowed Lulu's ethereal blue. Lulu? She spoke again, but her voice sounded magnified and warped, like bats squeaking in a tunnel. You did it! A second screechy voice flickered through the kingdom of Erythiel. It was almost unrecognizable until it added, And you called me Lulu again. Are we on that level? Uh, sure, I guess, said Nejma, momentarily distracted. What is this? Is this the whale thing? Yes, it's a method of communication between necromancers, perhaps the easiest and most convenient necromantic power, said Lulu's voice. Then her tone transformed, from delighted to gravely serious in a matter of seconds. Tell me you found what we need. I can't find anything. I can't even find a room, Nejma confessed, and her own words seemed to weigh on her. Her shoulders drooped. Well, take an elevator, said Lulu, sounding torn between exasperation and something less easily identifiable. Was it fear? Or something worse? We need to get out of here and fast. What? Nejma blinked. I thought we had till morning. What's going- Nothing, nothing. Jose and Kenneth are fine. It's just- this place is closer to Fake Gables with Luis Catree than Demonwall Mountain, correct? Uh, yeah, it's the next mountain over, said Nejma, blinking again, multiple times now. She seemed taken aback by Dr. Saltzman's question, as well as her use of the outdated, strange name of High Council Mountain. Those two are, like, the closest peaks. You didn't know that? I did, I did, 
Dr. Saltzman snapped. I just, I didn't think about it. I, I didn't think, just hurry up and find those suits so we can get out of here. She'd never sounded so frazzled or hostile. Najma seemed to consider questioning it, but she only said, Well, can you help me find them? No answer. Najma tried the question again, but the poor connection didn't seem to be a fault of the necromancy. Or at least, not a fault of her necromancy. What was going on with her? Najma wondered. Bay Gables of Louise Catri? She shook her head, maybe to shake away the horrendous mountain name, and stood. Someone walked through her. Ah! Najma yelped, spiraling off to one side. Huh? shivered one of the three people that had just appeared around the corner. It's cold in here. Shh, said another. Come on, said the third. They walked briskly down the hall, clutching clipboards to their chest. The one at the back, the one who'd walked through Nejma, and who was also clearly the youngest, glanced around furtively, as though worried someone might catch them and their bosses sneaking around. Nejma raised her eyebrows. Well, that's promising. She jogged after them. They spanned the length of the hall and turned one more corner before stopping. The three gathered around what seemed to be an empty stretch of wall. The tallest person stepped forward, withdrawing a keycard from her lab coat and tapping it onto the silver wall. The wall slid open, revealing a gleaming silver elevator. Nejma's jaw dropped, for more reasons than one. The three of them strode into the elevator, and so did Nejma. As the elevator puttered upwards, Nejma maneuvered between the three until she reached the tall woman. Slowly, Nejma extended a hand as if to touch the woman's face. She looked transfixed, dazed. Lulu? She whispered. The woman was almost a perfect replica of Dr. Saltzman, only very clearly alive. Nejma stared. It looked, ironically enough, like she'd just seen a ghost. Perhaps she'd never imagined Dr. Saltzman alive, the way most kids never imagine their teachers outside school. But this woman, she even matched Lulu's mannerisms. The way she scrunched her nose, the way her dark blue eyes flitted back and forth, as if running invisible calculations in the air. Luckily, for the sake of Nejma's sanity, she also spotted some obvious differences. The height, this woman was a few inches taller, at least. The hair, instead of Lulu's old-timey teased flip hairdo, this woman sported a simple brown bob. The age? Where Lulu couldn't have been out of her 20s when she died, this woman looked closer to 30. Even so, in the dark, the two could have passed for one another. No way. No way, no way, no way! Nejma muttered, wide-eyed. She inspected the woman's notes over her shoulder, looking for a signature, a name. There. Professor Rena Saltzman. The elevator doors slid open again. As Nejma shuffled out with the three people, a million questions flickered behind her eyes. Who is she? What's she doing here? Does Lulu know about her? What's going on? They had entered a laboratory. Dark metal ran across the walls. Vials of red and black liquids and gases littered half a dozen silvery desks. A yelp ran through Nejma when she noticed a half-dismembered uniform sprawled over a rolling chair. Is that... that totally looks like... HCP suit! She said excitedly to Chanel, who squeaked happily back. You can speak freely here, Mr. Halcombe, said Professor Saltzman, situating herself behind a desk at the center of the space. Even her voice perfectly matched Dr. Saltzman's. How was your success? Oh, it's successful, 
said Mr. Halcombe, striding forward. He was the only one not wearing a lab coat, sporting a tailored suit instead. His face faltered. I mean, uh, I've been successful. With my success, it's been good. Right, said Professor Saltzman dryly. So you called this clandestine meeting to tell me your success has been successful? Well, there's more, Mr. Halcombe protested. His gray flyaway hair whisked into the air as he turned agitated. Council folk Roha, Curran, Hansen, Mayo, and Cairns are all ready for subjugation, which leaves only Fields and Rodriguez. Once we get all the mountains on board, we'll be ready for the Magical Cooperation Conference. Still set for next week, said Professor Saltzman. Yes, Mr. Halcombe insisted. You know, it's not easy being covert when your boss is the councilwoman of Faye Gables of Louise Catree. Please do not use the full name, Professor Saltzman interrupted. High Council Mountain will do, or Faye Gables, if you must. Whichever, said Mr. Halcombe, who, like Nejma, seemed to understand the discomfort caused by the worst mountain name in all of history. Councilwoman Fields and Councilperson Rodriguez have a meeting set for Tuesday, and I'll prime them both then. You have the specimen? I do. Dr. Saltzman stood and crossed the room. She lifted a jar of red liquid from a row of shelves and handed it over. <sighs> and you're sure this is the sample? Mr. Halcombe asked, eyeing the jar. Yes, as I've told you a thousand times, Professor Saltzman said impatiently. Goodness, Halcombe, use your necromancy for once. Just because you can't see it out of erythial doesn't mean it isn't real. Nejma's eyes popped open. Halcombe muttered something about being out of practice and stashed the jar in his coat. Er, Professor Saltzman? Interjected the third person. Yes, Harley, said Professor Saltzman. Her voice sounded much kinder and more Lulu-like when directed at the younger scientist. You wanted me to remind you about the demon wall specter I lost contact with, so, um, reminder. They laughed awkwardly, then grimaced at themselves. Dr. Saltzman's shoulders fell. A dark cloud passed over her face. Ah, yes. Thank you, Harley. She looked at Mr. Halcombe. You know my associates monitor our assigned spectral activity across the Allied Peaks? Well, my apprentice here received a call not two hours ago that our oldest demon wall plant has gone rogue. Oh, the necromantic chef, said Mr. Halcombe, grinning as if this was a favorite joke of his. He hastily composed himself. So the man has left his job at Faraday? The specter took over his body and ran away from home, said Professor Saltzman, straightening to her full height and looking deadly serious. Do you know what this means? It's just like the old experiments. We failed him. Somehow. There was no humor on Mr. Halcombe's face now. But how could... It was perfect! The binding spell was flawless! I watched you perform it! I... I don't understand either. Professor Saltzman crossed back to her desk and sank into her chair. She dropped her forehead onto her hands. I failed him. He has a sister. Nejma stared. A thousand emotions battled across her spectral face, none of them good. It looked as if her whole world had just been torn apart, then glued back together to form a new picture. Harley hurried to Professor Saltzman's side, hesitated, then placed a hand on the woman's back. Professor Saltzman lifted her head, then covered Harley's hand with her own. Thank you. It is just one failure, Mr. Halcombe pointed out carefully. One compared to a hundred successes. 
Professor Saltzman's answering glare was cold as ice. One too many. The ice melted, returning her to the neutral tone she'd started the meeting with. I tell you this so you can alert the High Council staff on each peak. Tell them to watch for this man, to detain him, but treat him with care. My assistants have already been informed. Sure, said Mr. Halcombe. He smoothed his gray flyaways, straightened his tie, then added, Well, that's it for the update. I'll, uh, show myself out. Harley, would you mind? said Professor Saltzman. Harley nodded and stepped away, ushering Mr. Halcombe out of the room. In the silence, Najma couldn't move. She just stared at Professor Saltzman, as if waiting for the woman to offer a logical explanation of her last conversation. Instead, the professor fished something out of her desk. A framed photograph. Nejma moved forward in a sort of trance, peering down at the picture. Of course, it was of Lulu. Not again, Rena Saltzman whispered, touching the glass. I promised you. Never again. Nejma knelt down so that she and the professor were face to face. Never again what? What happened? Professor Saltzman didn't answer, of course. Nejma let her eyes fall back to the photograph. This time, she noticed a second figure in the shot, a much younger girl with brown hair and dark blue eyes, peering out from behind Lulu's lab coat. Lulu had one hand on the girl's head, midway through mussing her hair, and a seemingly empty jar in the other. Nejma Sanders! said an impatient voice. Nejma whirled back to her feet. Dr. Saltzman had appeared, her hands on her hips, fixated on Nejma. I'm so sorry, but we need to beat feet. This mountain is unsafe. I couldn't tell you earlier, but I sensed another necromancer in the building, a powerful one. We need to speak carefully in case they... They are... Listening. At last, her glowing blue eyes fell to the figure in the chair. No breathed Dr. Saltzman. No. No, no, no! Yeah, said Nejma, standing and walking slowly towards her. You have a lot of explaining to do. Dr. Saltzman's eyes turned huge. They flitted left and right, but no imaginary calculations could save her from the grim, jilted look on Nejma's face. But, but I... She stammered, staggering backwards. Apparently, she had forgotten she could fly and phase through solid objects because she stumbled right into one of those shelves stacked with red jars. Her eyes snapped to it, and she screamed, an involuntary, horrified noise. (gasps) Explain, said Nejma, as dark and serious as she'd ever been. Explain! Lulu didn't even look at her. Her attention had drifted to the laboratory, a sight she only just seemed to fully absorb. Vials of black and red liquids. Nejma got sick of waiting. Anger coursed through her, not inside, but outside of her, an eerie pulse that ran over her spirit form. Tell me! She screeched. Then she jumped back, as if she'd surprised herself with the noise. But it was too late. The death rattle shook the room, shook all the shelves, all the vials. One by one, glass objects rolled off the shelves and shattered. No! Professor Saltzman burst out, leaping to her feet. Halcombe, is this you? Stop! Stop! We need to run before she enters Verithiel! Lulu cried. Take my hand! Tell me what's going on! Nejma demanded. Who is... Look! Lulu bellowed miserably. Nejma looked. A few of the red jars had shattered, and their liquidy contents were bubbling into shapes. 
human shapes. Specters? Nejma gasped. The destroyed vials of black liquid were bubbling too, but differently. They seemed to be eating everything they touched, coating it in necromantic residue. It was me! Lulu's voice rang out through the kingdom of Erythiel, a different kind of ghostly wail. I started it! She sobbed. Her hand outstretched, reaching for Nejma. Her eyes swam with spectral tears. It wasn't some faceless villain or even the High Council. It was me. My experiments led to the creation of specters. Nejma took a step back, horror creeping across her face. That's your unfinished business, she breathed. Not stopping the specters or saving the world. Finishing your work. No, Dr. Saltzman insisted. Her hand still hovered suspended in the air, but Nejma wouldn't take it. I, I don't want this anymore. I didn't realize what it would become until... She looked over Nejma's shoulder, just as Professor Rena Saltzman's body toppled lifelessly to the ground. White wisps and black bubbles worked together to form a human spirit as the professor stepped into the kingdom of Erythiel. Lulu's face twisted and broke. Until my sister murdered me! Several floors down, Jose and Anti-Kenneth sat together on a cot in a cell. Anti-Kenneth had started chewing on his sunglasses. Jose sighed. Sucks they took my backpack, he remarked. Anti-Kenneth slobbered down his front, then patted Jose's hair. Good soul. Yeah, thanks. The two stared at the cell bars, then sighed at once. Dang, said Jose. I wish we'd gotten as lucky as Nedge. Anti-Kenneth stood bolt upright, suddenly alert. His red eyes swiveled through the empty air as though it had suddenly filled with a million killer bees. Whoa, buddy, calm down, said Jose, grabbing onto Anti-Kenneth's arm. Anti-Kenneth shook him off. This place, not safe. What do you mean? Jose asked, nervous now. Are Niha and Najiba coming back? Anti-Kenneth's head lolled down. His eyes fell onto Jose. Specters. Like me. You are... in danger. Jose's skin drained. Me? But I'm not a necromancer. Rarer. Anti-Kenneth told him. Good soul. Jose blinked as he digested this. So, what? Dr. Saltzman said we had to stay here. Anti-Kenneth stared at Jose for a long while. Without pupils, irises, or white scleras in those red eyes, it was nearly impossible to find anything other than emptiness and menace in the expression. But Jose found a way. You care? He realized. Anti-Kenneth hesitated. No. Very convincing, said Jose, smiling. Then the smile dropped away. So, uh, what do we do? As long as we're not in the kingdom of Verithal. Verithiel, Anti-Kenneth corrected. Man, not you two, Jose complained. As long as we're in the kingdom of Verithiel, I'm safe. Until you die. Jose gulped. Oh, So you guys like good souls for eating, huh? Yep. Ah. They want 
to kill you, Antichenis said, his face creasing. Maybe they can. They're strong. Okay, said Jose. Maybe I have a spell or something to help. How long until they get here? Antichenis looked around the cell again. At each wall, the floor, and the ceiling. When he answered, his voice was the shortest and sharpest it had ever been. They're here. I'll do a little three, a little two. Okay, I gotta actually clap. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my name's Casey. My name's Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Should I try I'm again? Luna. I can go faster. No, please don't. Okay, I'm still Casey. And I'm as you just heard, Luna. Huh? Oh, I, I can introduce you. I said already. Yeah, but they didn't hear it. I think you were too fast. Uh, no, you keep happy talking chapter over me. Nine. That's, I mean, also true. Happy chapter, chapter nine. nine, everybody. You wrote it. I did do that. But up, up, but up. And that's the end of the talking and section. It was long. Yeah. Uh, Way to render my efforts for that last chapter. Yeah. Okay. So listen. Pretty useless. <laughs> listen. Okay, I definitely went back and as I was editing the last chapter, I heard you be like, hey, check out how long my chapter was. Like, hooray, um, I did so good. And you did do so good. I didn't mean for this to be as long as it and was. And then you were like, mm-hmm. let me destroy you. I mean, I didn't do it intentionally though. That's the thing. <laughs> I wrote this the day after I listened to the last chapter. I was all like, ooh, I'm so excited. And then I wrote like the rough draft and then I basically kept everything that I put in the rough draft. I just like cleaned it up a little. But uh, I went back and I did all the chapter lengths and just like saw, like I, I just saw the numbers just because it felt long. It was a hot thousand plus words longer than the average chapter length. And uh, uh, I said average, I meant the second longest was about a thousand words less than this one. So this is the longest chapter. So I'm sorry. Oops. But I had a lot of stuff. Okay, listen, they were separated. So I basically had two separate-ish chapters. Obviously, more happened in Nejma's chapter than in Jose's. But, you know, I had two different storylines that I had to work with. 
that sounds like you're trying to cheat and write more than you should because it should be my turn. Listen, I honestly, honestly, it wasn't that premeditated. I was just like, I have, I also have two twists, by the way, lady. So I had to fit Meh. some thick stuff in. I will say that. Yeah, writing two of them usually is. But what'd you think? You put a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. I'm just gonna go down my list. Okay. First of all, was Frick even a thing back then? In the 80s? You said this as I was reading, and I still don't know. Let's find out. I'll Google it it right now. 80s. Wait, okay, I'm just gonna do origin of word Frick. Frick and frack. Worldwide words. No. Frick. A euphemistic form of another word that we don't say on Buddy's Grim. Uh, Indeed. I don't... It doesn't say... <laughs> it's a surname. <laughs> it doesn't say. So I'm going to assume that it was. Ask your parents who were born in the 80s. Or were more likely teens in the 80s. Who would know? That's true. Born as teenagers in the 80s. We're going to say yes until proven... To be an anti-yes. In other words, a no, but okay. No, I'm pretty sure that's a made-up word. One, I like how this whole time, well, most of it, Nedjma's just friggin' hanging dead in a tree somewhere. Yeah! Like one of those old World War II soldiers in the pictures that look absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I honestly, like, they're in a really bad situation right now because not only... Are anti Kenneth and Jose trapped in a cell with specters that somehow can potentially kill Jose? Nedjma and Lulu are off doing their thing, but Nedjma's body is like in a whole different location. So they basically are torn between three different locations where things are going down. So sorry. Right. Apologies, milady, for the next chapter. Oh, sorry. Uh... It's not okay. How could you? But since she's hanging dead in the tree, you said three hours pass while she's running around this castle. Three hours hanging dead in a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mate. How has nobody seen her? Because because they were... You got night patrol. Not good ones, obviously, because Niha and Najiba didn't see the parachute. That was sort of a little bit why I established Niha and Najiba to be sort of like... Uh, one, I, I brought him back, guys. I brought him back. Uh, you remember them from the setup? Those were some Ooh, yeah. alternative Nejma names. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't, I didn't want to write, I'm going to censor this, I guess. I didn't want to write uh, Najiba Smallcock because, like, again, we're trying not to be like that. I know it's a real last name, but I didn't anyway. So if you forgot, that's it. Wink. But I wanted them to sort of be Dink and Dunkish, like they're not the best night guards. And also, I think there's so many security cameras that they probably rely fairly heavily on those. But yo, if it's like a tech place, you gotta think that they got more than just like video cameras. They gotta have like infrared and stuff going on. Bro, it's the 80s. They got infrared in the 80s. But did they use it? Was it, I guess it would, if it, even if it wasn't widely, widely available. Well, I don't know. They at least got thermal. For whatever reason, Nejma got lucky, and that's why it was she was able, like she was out of reach of the attack. She landed in a funky way, a funky way, a funk, funky way. More for plot reasons than anything. Suspend your disbelief. Hmm. 
My disbelief is running wild, so. I'm sure it is with this chapter. A lot did happen. Hey, you need a Deus Ex sometimes. Uh, you, you gotta have, I mean, I normally am not a fan of them, but this one, I, I, I just needed it not to be everybody gets captured. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I was sort of itching for something to happen to bring us back to like the, what the big plot is because we had like a sort of subplot of like, like, oh, we're on a plane. How are mm-hmm. we going to, you know, take this ride? Like, how are we going to get past Jose's dad? How are we going to get out of the plane? And I think we sort of were falling away from like... Like the overarching overarching pot, plot. Right. I went back through and I, like I said, I would in the last chapter. And I did a list of like things that we needed to answer, questions that we like needed to answer. And... They were all sort of related to this, like, what's going on with the Spectres? Like, how's the high counseling blah, 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 blah. And I, I didn't want to, like, answer all of them, but I wanted to sort of bring us back to those questions before we forgot about but them. But you ans- you took it upon yourself to answer a bunch of them. I didn't really, though. I started setting up. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, the other thing that happened that people did not hear... Was you rewriting that one section of Nedra. Why you got to call me out like that? Because <laughs> you <laughs> forgot. Ah! And it's part of the writing process and we have to talk about it. Casey had to rewrite <sighs> a part where instead of magically unlocking the door to get into the castle, she tried to squeeze through the door and I had established that can't work. <sighs> so I misremembered. I... I did, okay, in the last episode, I was talking big talk about how I was going to go back through and read all of them. And I did go back through and do that. And I still totally misremembered. I read it as she went through the cracks in the window. And I think it's because I had made that decision on my own. Because when I first wrote the first chapter, the reason why she got the key in my brain was because she wanted Jose to come with her. But Luna changed it. But Casey's brain was like, no, 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 no. I already had that thought. I thought it through. So upon writing this chapter, I think I just thought one thing that wasn't true because I had made a decision that wasn't canonical and then a different decision was made canonically. So I did have to rewrite that. So it does seem like Nejma got real OP in this chapter for a minute there because she was like doing all sorts of new powers. But one of them was not intentional and I did this morning at nine o'clock. New chapter, new Nedge. New chapter, new Nedge. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny <laughs> I didn't have any I didn't have any riff hold on I can do better um new chapter new nedge I can't there's nothing that can make that better okay oh, come good joke on. it was not even that good applause there's so many things Appl- applause do live for him okay give me 10 no I made it you gotta make oh, it oh no let's leave it the way it is untarnished in its history the history books will forever remember you as the only person who's ever told that joke ever. Hmm. And then all your... what? What is up with these names? Did you use the generator again? I... Okay, can we talk about Faye Gables? Faye Gables is totally like an elementary school fairy tale book place name. With Louise Catree. Okay. We already got a okay. Louise in okay. there. I kind of, okay. It, it sounds cool, but it's another Louise. No, no, no. I, I hate it. I think it's the worst name ever. As I said in the chapter, I think twice I said it was like such a horrible mountain name. It's a nightmare to write and to speak. It is weird 
Lee convenient though that Luis is in the name. I didn't do anything with that, but I did make that as a note for myself that like High Council Mountain has the name Luis in it. Don't know if that's just like eh, fun Weird coincidence. coincidence. Yeah. Or if not. Like it could be that Luis was named for that or the other way around, although Luis isn't that old, so I don't think that makes sense. I did sort of pay mind that I like acknowledged it by having Rena Saltzman, <laughs> the new Saltzman, uh, stop Professor, nope, Mr. Halcombe from saying Faye Gables with Louise Catri because Louise is in the name. So she's like, ah, like, don't, I don't want to hear that name, just Faye Gables or High Council Mountain, which is the normal sane person name that I gave it. Technically, I did have some creative freedom there. Fine, to- that's a good mention then. But I will also bring up Rena is very close to Rona, my character name from my book. Nice. Again, I didn't choose it. I generated it. So, sucks to suck, sucker. I can tell you absolutely these will not be similar characters. Why don't I just put a Jason in our next chapter? Because you, if you generate it, you'll have to. But if not, then you will not because that's not I, how this game I be, girl. Push that generate button. Also, you'd need to do like Jackson. It's, Until got, Jason pops up. Then that's cheating. Also, I didn't say <laughs> Rona. I said Rena. So you'd have to do Jackson. I got you. Jason Derulo. Ah, uh, I do like. Okay. Side note, sidebar for everyone listening. Is it Jason Derulo? Because that's what I say. But in all his songs, he's like, Jason Derulo. And I don't want to be like, is your name Jason or Jason? I've never Googled it. I just want to know. Please help. Send help. Please. I'm desperate. His name is Jason Darilo. Oh, of course. A farmer from Minnesota. <laughs> who got his big break. <laughs> and uh, now he's a star. I, I don't know anything about this dude. I don't even listen to his music. Aside from the fact that he, he says was in Cats. his name. I did not ever want to see that movie and I never will. Guys, unpopular opinion, Cats slaps all the butt cheeks. It is no, so much fun it to slaps watch. too many butt cheeks. I mean, can you slap too many butt cheeks? Yes. I don't know if you can, and maybe that's why we have differing opinions. It's because I think there are no butt cheeks that should be left unslapped. But you, you're like, okay, there's a limit to those cheeks. Like, you got it, you got it. There's a limit. You know, cheeks Leave in moderation. Leave the butt cheeks alone. Cheeks in moderation. If they ask for it, fine. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to slap with consent. But as long as you have consent, slap away, my dudes. Not too hard. Just hard enough. This conversation has... Buddy's Grim. The family podcast. <laughs> went off the rails. <laughs> Quite enough. Quite. Wait, before we move on from Saltzman, though, I do want to, like, acknowledge something for anyone who's been reading and following along up to this point in, like, real time. Like, if you watch this in a year from now, this is not going to concern you. Watch. I meant Listen. If you listen to this in a year from now, it's not going to concern you. Um, I've been miss... I've been... I've made typo. Saltzman is spelled with a Z. And as I was re-listening to the setup, I heard Luna spell it out. And I was like, Z, that's not right. And then I realized that I've been miss... I've been... I've been misspelling it for the entire time. So I'm going to go back there and change it. But right now, Saltzman is spelled two different ways over the course of the chapters. Surprise. I've been going off your first chapter, so I bet I misspelled it also. I've made a horrible mistake, but I'm going to go back through and I'm going to change it. I did in one chapter exclusively, so there is at least one chapter with Salt Z Man. So, oops. Salt Z Man. Salt Z Man. 
Now it's salty men. Also, Two not wearing a lab coat in a lab is bad lab practice. Shame on him. Yeah, he's not much of a... He's, he doesn't... Okay, I don't know what he is. He works for one of the council people. He works for Councilwoman Fields, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I hope I'm not misinformationing you people. That wasn't how words do. We already wrote the words in the right order in the chapter. We don't have to say them here. You just heard them. Uh, you don't need to hear them again. And if you do, we have a whole chapter that you just listened to. You can totally listen to it again. Yeah, we can speak the wrong here. Speak the wrong? Yes. Words. Okay. <laughs> yes. But bringing up names again. Yeah, lay it on me. What? What kind of name is Mayo? You named this person after a condiment? Okay, again, we can't pick the names. I had no creative control. You had a list. Yeah, and I took the names off the list. The generator gave you a list? Yes, and I took the names. And you chose mayonnaise. I didn't choose them. I took the names off the list, and I used them. It gives you, like, ten. I just... Yeah, how many council people did I have? Not ten. I just just took the first ones. I just went in order. (laughs) This is a game where we don't have choices, Luna. I play by the rules. I bet that's really good audio content. I bet it is. Yeah. You're welcome, listeners. Seriously, we we actually love you and respect you. And if you don't like this, I'm sorry. I'm a child trapped in an adult's body. And so is Luna, but differently. Can you not yawn while I'm talking, please? No, it's bedtime. It's literally almost 10 in the morning. Yeah, it's bedtime. Agreed. (laughs) Glad we're on the same page. Also, you might not know what the word means, but Auntie Kenneth, you made a Matsundere. Wait. Yo. Okay. What's up with that? I sort of know what Auntie Kenneth means. I know what Auntie Kenneth means. I sort of... (laughs) (laughs) I messed up. I sort of know what a Matsundere is. You should. You gave him the name. Uh, Okay. Explain it for the listening audience. And also a little bit for my edification. Atsundere is a character type that's like, on the outside, they're like, ah, screw you guys. I don't care. I'm mean. But on the inside, they're like, give me attention. I love you all. Wow. Tag yourself. I'm whatever that is. Uh, the, 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 ugh, hang on. But he's not like, screw you guys. He's like a man-child baby man. No, it's when they pretend not to care. And or be mean. Okay. I think he has Tsundere vibes, but also, like, if I'm mispronouncing that, I, tr- I like, just tried to emulate exactly what you did. <laughs> tsundere. Tsundere. Ah! Yeah. Sweet. Sure. If you want to hear me butcher more words, check out Mythological, where there are other Japanese words for me to totally destroy. <laughs> what a What a flawless plug. Mm-hmm. That's another podcast we do, by the way. Uh, love you. Bye. Um, Keep going. I didn't anticipate this interpretation. I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know if he cared the whole time. I don't think he did. Probably not. And I don't know that he cares about Nejma or Dr. Lulu. But 
if you'll remember in the last chapter that you so beautifully wrote with your human fingers, you said Jose and Anti Kenneth were latched together. Yes. And I think for Anti Kenneth, who seemed to not really know what was going on, like he knows that like Nejma has been mad at him this whole time and he knows that Lulu threw him out of a gosh darn plane. But Jose was tethered to him and tried to bring him closer and, and tried to like save him as they were falling. And I think he, you can, you can change this, but this was my thought process, is that he is cognizant and human enough to register that Jose helped him. Hmm. And has probably never been helped by anyone knowing who slash what he is. Interesting. So I think he, of all the people to be eaten alive, Jose would be his last choice. He'd much prefer Nejma or Dr. Lulu. <laughs> Eat my sister! That's a total sibling vibe. <laughs> Take her! No, but I don't, I mean, that's not, that's not real Kenneth. Anti-Kenneth, I think, is a different, a different broski. Unless you change it. I did, I don't know if you heard this, but I did do a little, do a little, uh, a little, I don't know if it's setting up, I mean, it's definitely setting up for something, but they called Kenneth the necromantic chef. Yes, I did. So either he's a necromancer. Notice. Yeah. So either he's a necromancer and has been hiding it from Nejma the way Nejma has been hiding it from him, or they were aiming for Nejma and missed. Like, they they got the wrong person. do 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 You started that? I thought you were going to go, do 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 And I was like, okay, <laughs> under the sea, what? I guess. Okay. Hold on. I'm holding. Hold for thinking. Hold for nose. Hold for nose blowing. That's gross. Hold for blowing. What are we talking about? Uh, Antikis. Can you not? I'm sitting here pouring my heart out, and you're like, ugh, Casey, <laughs> how boring. Ugh, who is she? Where can I not get her number? Yawn. Ah! Uh, uh. We were talking about Antikis. Did you like my convincing crying noises? No, it sounded very dirty, so you might want to cut it oh, out. Oh, wait, you're right. It does sound like dirty. Okay, I'll, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> Better. Great. The other one was for our other podcast, Buddy's Grim Unleashed XXX. Don't. Unrated. <laughs> uh, Seatbelts off. But Anti-Cannon suddenly has kind of a brain? What? Yeah, I don't think he has much of a brain, but I felt like if if Chanel could salute in the last chapter, Anti Kenneth could form a little bit of emotional attachment. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Okay, fair. Yeah, it's fine. And I like the idea of Anti Kenneth having a little bit more stakes than just this guy that they're pulling around. Having a bit more of a character worth, you know? Yeah, because because I do think like in the musical, I forgot about Anti Kenneth because I just like it. He wouldn't. At that point, I didn't see him going through any growth. So I was like, we got to give him a little bit of something changing here. Other ones. Cool castle design. Thank you! You got that, you got that future vibe. I don't know if you got the, the certain 80s vibe to the technology to it yet, but we'll get there. I'm definitely judging most of the technology based off of what they thought we would have in Back to the Future 2. Self-lacing shoes. <sighs> yeah. Heck yeah. Good catch. 
Uh, that was such a polite laugh that we just did together, though. Like, side note again, but we were just like, <laughs> okay, back to the episode. <laughs> a sensible chuckle. A sensible chuckle. Sip our tea. Now we return. Clink. Because we knew it would have to be edited out anyway. Or I could keep it in. Who knows? Not you. I was going to rhyme, but I didn't. For you. You're welcome. This is the part where you Thank say you. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I was reading. Amazing. Oh, you were reading, huh? What do you think this is? Like a book podcast? You loser? Let's talk about... Yeah, you friggin' nerd. Sports. Oh. Yes. Anyway. Please. <laughs> can we get back to the thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you have a question. I'm waiting for you to cut me off. I'm 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 doing the rules of improv that I just made up, and maybe you're true, and maybe you're not. Where you just keep talking and fill all this. Do not. This is not live radio. We don't have to. Hold on. Cut. Cut. Cut the cameras. This isn't live. Did you hear my throat just make that noise? Yes. Oh yeah. I might leave that in there because I feel like that's some tasty audio. No, please don't. Okay. Start the cameras. Start. Start. Start rolling. Okay. We're back. I want to know. Give me. Give me the deets that you were thinking about for this juicy, juicy convo between the professor and whatever British posh man you made. Mr. Halcombe. Yes. Mm, yeah. Indeed. The juicy, juicy juice deets? Mm-hmm. The pulpiest juice. What were we talking about? Oh, the juicy, juicy juice conversation i always hesitate after juice like i want to say more but i gotta cut off the amount of times i say juice so yeah i mean i left it a little bit up to interpretation intentionally because i didn't want to be like this is everything that is the plot and now all has been revealed the end thank you love you bye like i wanted to leave that's a very short book exactly but and also i didn't want to take like the reins completely and I really didn't want to answer like all the questions that I found but I guess I'll reiterate some points that came up in that chapter uh, we now know that Rena Saltzman has been planting specters in people apparently in necromancers across the mountains yeah however she was very upset by the fact that the specter took over Anticata's body Apparently, she and Mr. Halcombe have been preparing the council people for subjugation, whatever that means, in time for the deadline of next week's, uh, what did I call it? Oh, the Magical Cooperation Conference. Hmm. Yes. Something else that happens in that chapter is you find out that Halcombe and Rena Saltzman are necromancers. Yes. Although Halcombe is inexperienced anymore. Yeah, Halcombe has not been using it for a while because it's super illegal and he works for the government. Yeah. But it is interesting that necromancers are planting specters in other necromancers. Yes, eyebrow raises. Yeah, I don't want to tell you what I'm planning, but I mean, because it's obviously not going to stay the same. Yeah. But I will say that the Magical Cooperation Conference sounds like a meeting of various types of magics. And I would imagine there would be some discussion on the magics that are thought of as bad as well. Like if it's all magics in a sort of cooperation, 
I would imagine they're not just like, just wizards and witches. I imagine if they'd been this strict so far, they wouldn't just, oh, man, yeah, I guess it's not so bad. Right. Our bad. You can do it again. You can do it again. But it could be like they're going to lower some regulations or something like that. Or they're not. But I don't know what Saltzman Part 2 and Halcombe's plan is. I actually have one for you them. You didn't say it, so I'm going to mess it all up. Woohoo! That's the name of the game. Yeah. And then her sister killed her. Yeah, Rena Saltzman is Dr. Louise Saltzman's sister. Because that's very confusing, I uh, definitely started sort started veering more towards Najma calling her Lulu in this chapter, which I feel like I I didn't want to be like super obvious. Like it just suddenly changed to like exclusively Lulu. That's why I did the line about like oh like you called me Lulu. Are we on that level? We we can't do Dr. Saltzman and Professor Saltzman. Huh. Like, that's already so similar. That's good. That'll be good. Much easier to write. Like, even if they call her Dr. Lulu, I feel like that's better than two Saltzmans running around. Right. Murder. Murder. Oh, yeah. So it seemed as though, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed as though Professor Saltzman felt kind of bad about what she did. Or maybe she didn't. Who knows? I do want to point out before we move on to twisticles and listicles. (laughs) Hated that. (laughs) You wanted... (laughs) God. I do want to point out that you wanted Dr. Lulu to be the bad guy. And I was like, no, stupid. I didn't want her to. That was the twist thing. Well, I brought it back. I respected what you did. So she was the bad guy. She is the original bad guy. Mm-hmm. Will Nejma forgive her? Probably not. That girl is stubborn as heck. But we shall see. And it always depends on the, the wrongdoer's intention and whether they've tried to make up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, though. I don't think Dr. Lulu... Again, I wrote it, but I'm, like, conjecturing because I have no idea what you're going to do. So I don't want to, I feel like there's always like a fine line between I don't want to say too much to influence your decisions, but I also want to talk about my thought process. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to try. She seemed really freaked out by this past of hers. So I don't think her intentions were very good. I think if she had good intentions, she would have been like, oh no, like you caught me. Okay, well, listen, here's the thing. Like she would have explained it away. Right. Because she is kind of an explainer. Sounds more like she was caught up in her own thing and wasn't even worried about the good or bad. Right. Like, why did her sister kill her? Was it because she was going too far? Like, it seemed as though she was very freaked out by this past of hers coming back and finding herself in, I believe, like, what looks to me like a setting that is similar to probably what she would have had. Like, that would have been her setup when she was alive. Blast from the past. Yeah. (laughs) Time to get a blast from the past. Sounds like a cool, hot, hip new show from the 80s. I mean, it probably was. Pass Blast! Starring Prankster Jones. The prankiest dude in all the land. Okay, there wasn't much to unpack there. Nope. (laughs) So, uh... Do you want to pull the... Uh, wait. I don't get to pull it until I guess it. No, but before... Before we do that, I do want to just quickly, quickly 
read off the loose ends for you and for also for the the readers and listeners. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get a chapter once a month, so I feel like it's probably hard to super remember. Before writing this chapter, the list was, how do specters become specters? Who is turning specters into specters? Which is solved, answered. Who plans on using specters to take over the mountain? I don't know if that one's answered because I, I don't know that that's mm, what their plan is. Not really. But then it becomes a question of why did Dr. Lulu say that? Like, why did why was that her thing that she told them? Is like, does someone else still plan to do that? Who knows? Why is said person doing this? How is the high council involved? I think we kind of know that there's like a little bit of whatever subjugation is. Like we know a little bit more, but I don't think that's answered. What is at the mouth of Demon Wall Mountain? What is the miasma? How did it happen? Why did Kenneth get spectered? I think we sort of answered that because he is either a necromancer or they thought he was. What did Captain Alexander, the pilot and co-pilot see around being knocked out? Like, did they see Dr. Lulu or Chanel? Obviously, one of them saw Chanel. What's the deal with HCP suits? I.e., are they real? Do they exist? That's still not answered. I think there was a suit that could have been an HCP suit that Najima got really excited about. Never specified. The new ones. What is the Magical Cooperation Conference? What is Mr. Halcombe's job? How did Rena Saltzman kill Lulu and why? And what is Rena's plan? So those are those are the questions that we still have to answer that I can think of and wrote down as I was reading. That's a lot. That's a lot of damage. It'll be taken care of later. So uh, good luck with the next chapter. Yeah, you landed me with, uh-oh, big, <laughs> not big sis, big but little sis is coming to find them. I don't know. Coming to town. She's coming to town. She's coming to weed him out. She's coming to weed him out. And then Jose is also about to get eated. So, Mm. yum, yum. Nothing says delicious flavor like a small, small scared boy. Cannibals will report back all thumbs up emojis. Are you ready to guess from the twist list? I realize I haven't done the guitar sting in a little bit, so... Double Well, I know it's not somebody gets a new power because that was decided after the thing was written and changed. Okay. You're making me sound suspicious. You're making me suspicious. You're making me sound... I don't feel it, but I sound it. Nobody died. The villain or underling lets something important in... Let's important info slip. Is that one of them? Nah, man. Man, but it works. I got two left. You got two left. Don't waste them. And we don't even have that long of a list. <laughs> Ow, I hit my face right on the mic. I came in real hot. Yo, I don't know. Well, sucks to suck, sucker. Your time is running out. Soon you will be dead. I opened up my phone for a second because you're taking too long. (laughs) You're taking so long. Too bad. Oh, no. Should I make up a song to pass the time? (laughs) Is one of them... The villain isn't actually the real villain. (gasps) Yes, it is! Let me take you... Let me take you on a journey. If you remember last episode, past Casey, sweet, naive, 
stupid Casey was like, oh, wouldn't it just suck if we pulled a villain twist? Wouldn't that be the worst? <laughs> and then I said that. Okay. I said that with my stupid human mouth lip words from my own stupid mouth. And then the like next second I pulled with my grubby little human fingers. Was a villain one. Yes, it was the villain twist. I pulled a villain twist after I said that we didn't have villains and I was like, wouldn't it suck if we needed a villain immediately? And that's why I had to introduce a villain. And I was like, I can't, like, no one <laughs> of real power would come visit them in their cell in, like, the middle of the night. Like, uh, I needed to get them somewhere where real villains would be to be doing villain things. So I was like, I can't, I can't, I just can't have them all captured. Like, it would not. Right, 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 right. So no, it works. It's fine. Now we have villain, quote unquote. But yeah, well, I guess we don't know because Doctor Lulu is a villain of a sort. You know who knows what she's doing. Uh, Rena seems very sympathetic to behold, but also villain like yes, Mister Halcom, Harley, the assistant. Who knows? But there's now a lot of villainous characters and none of them are the High Council, which was sort of the lurking menace up well, until this point. politicians are usually of that sort. <laughs> yes. The other one was New Power Unlocked, which you definitely said at the beginning, and that's why I was like, okay, that's what I thought. That's what that yeah. voice was. Because she also, not only did she unlock the ability to like jam her hand into solid objects, I guess, but also like uh, the ghostly whale. She she learned how to do oh, a ghostly whale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was her new power that I planned to unlock. Mm. So those were the two, but you did it. You did it, you little scamp. Now you only need to pull one twist from that bad twist place. <laughs> but um, bum bum. So I almost got two, but I... I forgot about the one. You done saved yourself. Wow. Are you using scissors? No. Oh, okay, cool. You got the list. I have my tiny vase. I thought I heard the little... <laughs> tiny vase full of twists. Yeah, Luna's looks really cool. I need to not use a red Solo cup anymore. <laughs> Are we ready? Pull that twist. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Ah, stop smiling like that. Ugh, I don't trust that. It'll be interesting. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, she's... I just like hearing that worried, anxious voice from Casey. Ugh. She's just smiling. She's just smiling. I don't trust it. Oh, gosh. She's doing the thing where it's like a little little hand under her head. It's like, oh, I'm so innocent and not about to ruin all all of your your whole life. <laughs> Who knows? I don't trust her. <laughs> I'm gonna hate writing this. Oh no! Oh no! Oh god! Uh, you made me do so much stuff. Oh my god! So many peace signs. Yeah, you have a lot to uh, to uh, deal with. Right. I get to manage two different groups. Yay! Oh, guys, guys. Okay, wait. I have a good way to end this podcast. Unless you want to tell a joke. Mm-mm. It's a piece of life advice I have recently come to learn. If you ever want to do a haiku, the perfect ending is, thank you very much.
It's a very boring one. This was Buddy's Grim. My name is Casey and Lou. Thank you very much. <laughs> I Luna. I'm so sorry. My name I'm is so Casey sorry. Luna. Wait, names are Casey and Luna. Thank you very much. Music. Is there a better joke? Yogurt! Snug! I want what I paid for! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that was okay, that was definitely worth the hype. It's cold! Like that that lived but up. But it's not frozen! Okay, I'm recording. <laughs> Nejma's draw dropped. Nope. <laughs> Nejma's jaw dropped. For <laughs> That's nasty. Nejma's draw. <laughs> Dr. Saltzman got the gas. Doc, I've got gas. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> you should leave that singular line at the end of it. I've got gas. 